آله وصحبه ومن والاه اللهم لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم اللهم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم سبحانك لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك أنت المقدم وأنت المؤخر وأنت على كل شيء قدير اللهم اجعل جمعنا هذا جمعا مرحوما واجعل التفرق بعده تفرقا معصوما اللهم ولا تدع فينا شقيا ولا محروما اللهم أمين In the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most compassionate the most merciful all praise and thanks are due to Allah and peace and blessings be upon his beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he who is guided by the will of Allah no one can misguide him and he who is misguided no one can get him, guide him except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I bear witness that there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm very sorry for last time that I could not come. And I hope inshallah we will continue from today. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the barakah in time for all of us inshallah. Okay, respected brother and sister inshallah. Uh, in three to four minutes, just quickly to keep you on the track. What we have done so far with the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we highlighted the concept that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah after Al-Fatiha Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that humanity in terms of their attitude from their Lord they are classified to two main categories believers and non-believers <laughs> as our Egyptian brother says min al-akhir hat min al-akhir from the end. Believers, non-believers. This is, Allah is telling us that this is how people will be reacting to him. <laughs> Either you believe or disbelieve. Then, if you remember, after that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed humanity, asking them to worship him. <laughs> And we highlighted the evidences that is so valid and is so acceptable. Then we talked about the glad tidings, the good news, the bishara of in case if you believed what you are gonna face in the hereafter, i.e. the Jannah. Then Allah gave us an idea about the beginning of the creation of humanity through our father Adam, May the peace and blessings be upon him. After that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala started giving stories, messages from the history of the children of Israel. Now, we stopped twice or three times to highlight our relation with others. <laughs> and we had, a, inshallah, a good idea about the possible numbers of prophets and messengers, the origin of the source, the revelations, you know, the numbers, you know how they were divided. And we learned that, the, by the way, the biggest number, brother, can you close the, uh, the biggest number of prophets and messengers, just a reminder, Messengers, 300 according to the sound hadith of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu or the you know, high authentic hadith, 315 messengers and 124,000 prophets. We know from them, do you remember how many? Huh? The total 
that we know, 30. 28 of them, or 27 of them for sure, they are prophets. 25 of them in the Quran, two in the Sahih of Sunnah, one of them still negotiable, two of them do not considered as <laughs> prophets and messengers. For, they are just simple number of hundreds and thousands. Now, our question, why the children of Israel? Because <laughs> now we have tens of verses. Ya Bani Israel, Ya Bani Israel, all the children of Israel, all the children of Israel, all the children of Israel. Now, you remember, who is Israel? Ya'qub Jacob, peace be upon him. Jacob, the son of Ishaq, Yitzhaq. Ishaq is the son of? Ibrahim السلام, Abu al-Anbiya, the father of the prophets. From his descendantship, tens of prophets and messengers. طيب. Now, why the people of Israel? We have, uh, now I think, the methodology. Simply we can say what? Simply Allah decided to give us <laughs> a lesson. <laughs> Simply, Allah decided. Allah knows the best. Allah is telling us. We try to dig in some of the meanings. Okay, it's ijtihad. We are putting some efforts to try to understand. Now, don't forget that we Muslims call Jews and Christians the people of the book. Because we believe that two of them plus us, we, they had, we had, and still have a revelation in a form of a text, a book from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have a common ground of revelation, same source, with a lot of similarities. While others, we don't share them with that. We don't share with Buddhism any kind of religious beliefs. We share with them some the human values. But in terms of religion, we don't share with Buddhists, you know, an origin of revelation. Because Buddhists, at least half of them, they don't believe. Aslan, <laughs> in the existence of God. By the way, Buddhists, some of them, they believe in the existence of God, and some of them in, the, in a divine being, and some of them, they don't believe. And they consider Buddha is just a, a person who came just to fix the world. Anyway, we don't share with Hinduism anything in terms of religion. But we do share a big history with Jews and Christians. So from one angle, so it's very common sense that Allah gives us lessons from our, if, if I may pay it, his, if I may put it in this way, our historical cousins, okay, we will learn from their ups and downs. <laughs> so we need to know that we have a lot of similarities. Otherwise, why should Allah be highlighting tens of verses apart from addressing themselves, Jews and Christians? I'm talking about us Muslims. Now, because the first person who is addressed with the Quran is what? The Muslim, <laughs> the believer. The one who does not believe in this book, basically, simply he does not care. I am the one who cares. Okay, what should I be benefiting from the fact that Allah is mentioning the children of Israel? Now, one of the things, as we say, we share, we have a lot of similarities, especially with the Jews, not with the Christians, by the way. Similarities between Muslims and Jews, by the way, 10 times 
higher than similarities between Muslims and Christians. One of the interesting things that we, you, you need to know, uh, it's good just a taste. Okay, I know we are dealing with the Quran, but it's good to know about the, it's not just similarities. Actually, if you are interested, just like an idea on the margin, if you are interested in comparative religions, even though we don't believe that the nowadays scripture are the original, we don't believe, but we believe that still they might be containing some of the truth. But in the world of academia, when you go to what they call the textual studies, which means they have a text, we have a text, when we compare and study, analyze, criticize, still, still, many scholars who are non-Muslims, who are Jews or Christians or atheists or Muslims, still they can find some good, strong indications about the coming of Prophet Muhammad and the amazing similarity between Muhammad and Moses, peace be upon him, not Jesus. So I will quote just one quotation, just to give you a taste, an idea about how important to understand the history and the indications and the messages to the children of Israel. Now, if you go and I brought the book, this is the Bible, okay? Just to give you a quick, quick idea. When I say a Bible, Bible, basically from the Greek origin, means the holy book. This holy book for Jews and Christians, which basically for Christians more than Jews, because those who decided to make it in this form are Christians and not Jews. However, this book contains the biggest part, which is the OT, Old Testaments, Al-Ahd Al-Qadim. Then, NT, New Testament, Al-Ahd Al-Jadid. The New Testament contains the four Gospels. Four Gospels, not one, four Gospels of John, Matthew, Luke, and Mark. And it contains 14 or 18 messages by Saint Paul, or the one who used to be a Jewish, then became one of the head of Christianity, which is Shaul, Saul, or Saint Paul. Saint Paul's messages after he became a Christian, converting from Judaism, it's inside of the New Testament when he decided to tell the people of his time what to do and what not to do. And then the chapter of the vision of the John, Ru'ya, Yohanna, the divine, okay? These three categories, John the divine, the vision of John the divine, the messages of Saint Paul, plus four Gospels, Mark, Luke, Matthew, and Luke. All of them, they are called the New Testament, Al-Ahd Al-Jadid, okay? Now, about 70-75%, it's Old Testament. Old Testament, basically, it's historically the book of the Jews. This book of the Jews, basically, contains the first of all, this five chapters, five books. It's called the Book of Moses. 
كتب موصل خمسة five books which is technically historically academically the Torah this is the Torah okay Torah then we have books of kings and prophets and historical books all of these kings prophet historical plus Moses five books all together are called Old Testament okay the Old Testament for Christians it's like the historical depth and background all together it's what the Bible so when we say the Bible we might be talking about the Torah or the books of Kings or the historical books or the gospel of John or the gospel of so it could be any one of those so th that's why they say for example in the Bible in the book of Genesis in the book of Deuteronomy for example uh, chapter uh, uh, XY on uh, something else. in the book in the Bible the gospel of John chapter blah blah you know verse Blah, blah. This is the verse. Now, in this book, in the book of Deuteronomy, which is Sifrit Tethnia, I don't know if it's a Greek or a Latin origin, in Arabic, Sifr At-Tethnia Awil Ishtira. This book of Moses, part of the Torah, it contains what in our language as Muslims we call a shara'a <laughs> teachings fiqh what should you do what you do not do in this book I will quote and you can please go review and read and try to expand your knowledge about this point my point is what I want to give you simple indication how it's still there is a strong indication with a nowadays book about the amazing, amazing similarities between Moses and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi Then we carry on in the messages for the children of Israel. Chapter 18, verse 18. <clears throat> the title of the chapter is A Prophet Like Moses. Al-Wa'du bin Mithil Musa. A Prophet Like Moses. Now, Allah, it's supposed now the book of Moses. And the one who's speaking is Allah with Musa, alayhi salam. Now, in this chapter, I'm reading from 15. But the point that I will be focusing on is 18. Okay? In 15, the Lord, your Lord, will raise up for you... A prophet like me. Who's speaking with who now? Musa is addressing the children of Israel. Musa is saying, Moses is addressing them by saying, The Lord, your God, will raise up for you. The you is the pronoun addressing the second person. Is applicable on who? Children of Israel. A prophet like me from among your brothers. <laughs> Are you with me? 
who are the brothers of the people of Israel. <laughs> the Ishmaelites. <laughs> who are the brothers? They are from decent shape of Israel, Ishaq. The brothers went home. Ismail alayhi salam. I will raise up. Okay? Sorry. The Lord will raise up to you a prophet, a prophet from amongst your brothers. Continues. Continue. Brothers, you must listen to him. For this is what you ask, you must listen to him. You must listen to him. Keep waiting from your brothers. God will raise up a prophet. When this prophet comes, listen to him. For this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly when you said, let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire anymore, or we will die. The meaning of this verse, O oh, our Lord, don't leave us without sending a prophet for us. <laughs> Which means, please stay connected. <laughs> okay? Look now to number 17. The Lord said to me, Moses is saying, the Lord said to me, what they say is good. What they are asking for something good. Now number 18. I will raise up for them a prophet like you. <laughs> Are you with me? A prophet like you. Sorry. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth. What is, what is the miracle of Prophet Muhammad? I will put my words in his mouth. He did not say I will send him a scripture. By the way, Musa salam, he received according to the riwayat directly the text from Allah. The wasaya, you know, the Ten Commandments. Look, still, still how accurate the possibility of being applicable on Prophet Muhammad. I will raise up from their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth. This is an indication about the illiteracy of Prophet Muhammad He will not be writing or copying or studying or receiving a scripture. No, 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 no. Mouth in his mouth. Words. The first word revealed to Prophet Muhammad was what? I can't read. I can't read. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth and he will tell them everything I command him. This is just a simple indication. By the way, very interesting. This word of academia is very, very interesting. If you want to study, something has to do with the biblical studies. I just wanted you, I wanted just to give you a taste. Okay? This is the book of Duty uh, Deuteronomy, Sefer At-Tethniya, chapter 18, verse 18. Go and check it by yourself. Now, why I highlighted this? Highlighted this because I was asking, okay, why the Quran is telling us about the messages and the commandments 
and is send the commandment to the children of Israel, what kind of benefit we will be benefiting. Because look, now one of the amazing indications, I will raise up a prophet like you. Who is like Moses? Muhammad or Jesus? Put a list. Moses was born from a father and mother. Muhammad was born from a father and mother. <laughs> Moses received the full, full package of religion. Muhammad received the full package. Jesus was not born from a father and mother. <laughs> I did not receive. He came to bring the people of Israel to the straight path and he lived just three years to fix the problems of this. Why? While Musa salam, he led his people and he fought. He was a warrior. Musa salam, muqatil, muharib. Muhammad salam, both of them, they were in the capacity, in the track of establishing a state using the power. Isa salam, did not. Uh, so, who's like Musa? <laughs> because I know, in the contextual studies, and you know, it's, it's my field, when you sit with professors, ask them, you say, especially the Christians, they say, yes, yes, this is true, we know that. Uh, uh, the one who's meant is Jesus. We say, okay, let's go to the common sense of the language. Who is like Musa, Isa or Muhammad? This is why I'm giving you an idea. Because the text says, I will raise up a prophet among them like you. Jesus is not like Musa. Muhammad is like Musa. <laughs> so it's just an, it's a, an indication to give you an idea. By the way, if you want to go in depth, you have tens of other things. Okay? Like, for example, when, when, uh, when you study the concept of what they call the paracletus or al-barqlit or al-farqlit. It's a, it's a long story, very complicated. But if you are interested in this, if you are interested in this, because I will start now highlighting the messages, ha, messages, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya Bani Israel, tab, okay, me, I mean, where am I in this, you know, equation? The people of Israel, okay, and me as a Muslim, what should I do? Okay, take a lesson from your cousins, look their ups, downs, Look to their full package, their story. What will happen to you could be exactly like them because you came from the same source. You had nearly the same beginning. A lot of similarities, a lot of connections. So what happened to them in this hundreds of years? And by the way, when Prophet Muhammad was sent, it was between him and Musa السلام, 2,000 years. So 2,000 years of, you know, ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs, all of them like a big, huge story to give you an idea. It's like a road map. <laughs> oh, look, there is an example before you. I told them they did such and such. I commanded them. I rewarded them. I punished them. I asked them not to do, they insisted, they refused, they accepted, you know, full roadmap. Oh, wow. It's as if, as if, in my language, you are watching a movie about what could happen to you 
okay, from good and bad in case if you followed or in case if you refused, okay? If you are interested to understand something about the similarities between Musa and Muhammad, between Musa and Muhammad, or this concept, you can go and read for David Benjamin Kildani. David Benjamin Kildani. Very great, well-known Catholic priests from Iraq at the time of, before the collapse of the Ottoman Empire, about more than 100 years, more or less, after he was expert in five or seven languages, used to master Greek, Hebrew, Latin, French, English, Arabic. <laughs> and he was an expert and very high-ranked priest in the Catholic, uh, you know, Kildani Church in Iraq. At a certain point, he converted to Islam. He changed his name to Abdul Ahad Dawood. Abdul Ahad Dawood. He composed five books. One of them is Muhammad Fil Kitab al Muqaddas. Muhammad in the Bible. One of them. So you can go, and uh, it, it was composed originally, by the way, in English. So Muhammad in the Bible by David Benjamin Kildani. Okay, now this is like, sorry. Thank you. So, in light of this introduction, let's come to the messages. I'm concerned of us Muslims what to be, what to learn, what to educate ourselves from the messages. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala started by saying, يَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ اذْكُرُوا نِعْمَتِيَ الَّتِي أَنْعَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ وَأَوْفُوا بِعَهْدِي أُوْفِي بِعَهْدِكُمْ وَإِيَّايَ فَرْهَبُونَ Let's take the first lesson as Muslims. أَوْفُوا بِعَهْدِي أُوْفِي بِعَهْدِكُمْ Highlights. أَوْفُوا أُوْفِي Allah is telling us about what happened. The same thing. Be careful. أَوْفُوا أُوْفِي You know what does it mean? This is a message from Allah that there is a covenant. Covenant, ahd. Covenant means contracts. Contract means conditions, commandments, and commitments and fulfillment. So the first message Allah is warning us about, don't forget, oh Muslims, take a lesson. There is a covenant. It was between me and all previous Take a lesson, be careful, covenant. Covenant means don't waste your time with wishful thinking. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves all humanity and all of them will go to the Jannah. Is this acceptable in our faith? Because Allah is love. By the way, this is a miss, this could be, it's true from one angle, but if you use it without putting in its context, it's a misleading, you know, statement. Because Allah is love, everyone, if that's the case, <laughs> why do you call, why do you preach your religion? If everyone, if everyone, if everyone will go to the Jannah, why you are preaching others to come to your religion? Because if they will go to the Jannah by all means, why to waste your time in doing missionary? Why? Look, common sense. So yes, definitely Allah loves their world. But we need to know, Allah is telling us through the message of the children of Israel, 
We have a covenant, ahd, means contracts. I created you. I decided to let you exist. I gave you the power of your soul, the ability, the mind. Okay, all the things. And I asked you to worship me. Ya Yuhannasu, what? He's commanding us to, so by the way, we don't have the freedom, the space to keep enjoying. No, 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 no. Allah is love and I'm quite sure that he will forgive everyone. Ya Ammi, don't depend on your wishful thinking. The source, the creator is saying, if you do not accept me as I want, I will not forgive you. On what base? You are insisting to say, no, 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 he will. <laughs> I mean, it's his decision, not yours. <laughs> if you believe. And by the way, I'm addressing believers now. And anyone who's clear to our circle. If you believe, he told you that, awfi, awfi. If you do not, you are a loser. It's not my decision. It's his decision. I'm part of his world. I'm part of the creation. So, awfu bi'ahdi, covenant, iltizam. Yes, definitely. We need spirituality. We need the base of love. But love just without fear, which leads to respect, it's a waste of time. And by the way, just let me just simple, simple, quick pause. Or let me continue. Second point, then I will give you the example. Just remind me, telling me that's, that's just love, father and, uh, and kid. Just say father, kid, love, okay? <clears throat> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said He's commanding Commanding Us to fear him Okay Type Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Now we can take from this The importance of planting The seeds of prestige So that will lead To respect Then you will reach the concept of worship. If Allah does not have that high status, prestigious, haiba, when you say, wow, majestic, prestigious thing, okay? We will not respect. We we human beings. If someone does not have any value for you, why should you waste your time in considering giving him any kind of concern? Why? You are walking in the street, busy with your things. Someone there has nothing to do with you. You had an idea that he is powerless, voiceless, whatever less. Why should you care as a normal human being? Do you care? Don't give me, you know, from a human point of view. I, no, 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 forget. You are busy. You are fully loaded. You have a lot of things. And someone there has nothing to do with you. Are you gonna spare a lot of time to keep giving prestige for something you don't care? Why you should care? But you will care if he has a power. You will care. You will respect. That's why. Why do we stop when a policeman, you know, use the sirens? We stop. But if someone in the streets auto stop, do we stop immediately? We don't. What's the difference between a policeman and a normal person? Why we stop here and we don't stop here? Why? He has a power, yes. If we know that the police does not have the power 
Why should we care? I'm talking as a human common sense. Why? If you don't, if you know that the judge in the courts can bring you from any place on earth using the international power through the Interpol, are you gonna give respect or not? You will say, yes, sir. Even if they woke you up at the middle of the night from the court. Okay, I'm sorry. While anyone else, if he does not have the power, just phoned you at midnight. Hey, you don't respect my privacy. You don't know who I am. While if he's a policeman, hey, policeman called you. There's someone who's complaining against you. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so, 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 sorry, sir. Okay, I will come now. What's the difference? Both of them, they destroyed your privacy. Both of them, they attacked your comfort. The first one is just anyone, so you will be very angry from him. Second one, a police officer. Immediately, I'm sorry, sir. Yes, sir. Just a few minutes. Yes, sir. You will use, you know, between, after each word, the word sir, 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 sir. Even though he destroyed your comfort. Why? Common sense, power. Respect, by the way. If there is no, by the way, it's not just power. Power, prestige, justice, ability, all of them, they have respect. So you respect, it's not just, you are not just afraid. You sometimes, I mean, the point is not just afraid, you respect. Because they are taking care of you. Even if they made a mistake. Let's, God forbid, I'm not making a full analogy, 100%. Even if the police, by mistake, stopped me and bothered me, Still, I will be smiling and say, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. Thank you very much. You are serving us. You are taking care of us, even though they bothered me. But I don't feel angry because they are serving the community. True or false? But they have power. Be careful. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Respect will not come if they do not have a power. And that's just the power. Power plus the ability to enforce the law. Okay? Someone has a power there, but he can't enforce the law on me because I'm completely disconnected in another physical area. Do I care? We, here in Canada, if someone told you that in one of the states in South America, even you don't know the name of the state, there is a police officer, he's threatening you. Do you care? But if they told you that the President of the United States is, 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 is talking about you in specific, and he thinks that you have a big problem with the United States. Are you going to sleep tonight? Because you know that he can reach you. Come on, true or false? So your knowledge, your awareness about the haiba, the prestige of Allah, should be planted in you by your parents. That's why when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِيَّايَ What? فَرْهَبُونَ Fear me. The concept of fear me should be planted through the concept of haiba, prestige, so that will lead to respect. Now, <coughs> let's come. I told you to remind me with the concept. Common sense in our daily life. What makes you feel that your daughter or your son, or let's make it another way. Do you love your daughters and your sons? I'm asking now. Do you love? Alhamdulillah. May Allah protect them. If they became 
in an age that really they understand what they are doing. And they started being rude with you. And speaking in a very tough words against you in your face. Deliberately showing disrespect. Do you feel angry? I'm asking humanly. Do you feel angry? Yes or no? Why? Because you love them, okay, plus. Why do you feel angry? For example, if, 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 if a child at someone in the world, you will not feel angry from me exactly like your son. Why do you have this kind of very strong, bad feeling against your daughter or son when he is so rude and so mean with you? Why? Because? Yes. You have given him so much, so simply you are expecting the least of your expectations. What? Respect. The least. Actually, basically, love should be dominant. But if for whatever reason he, she does not love me, you, whatever, at least what? Respect. Type. How can we achieve respect? <laughs> if you are powerless. Believe me, I'm speaking mathematics now, not emotions. If you are completely powerless, and this child decided to be so rude, simply I don't care. Yes, I'm just making analogy now. So that's why we need to know how great Allah is, how powerful Allah is, how amazing ability Allah does have, and at any moment I can be punished. It's part. But let me finish this. Now, I'm not saying just keep focusing on that. But in, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطَىٰ And therefore we made you intermediate, balanced ummah. Therefore, that's why ulama say, المؤمن يعيش بين الخوف والرجاء. We should be living between hope and fear. Because much, much, much hope, you might be so rude and completely disconnected from his commandments and you live as if you are the God of yourself. Have you not seen the one who took his desire as his God? It's a disaster. You are replacing God with another God, which is your desire. Because just hope. No. But fear, we need balanced fear for the sake of prestige and respect. But if we have a lot of fear 24-7, it will be a disaster. It will destroy you. You will all the time, fear of Jahannam, fear of Allah, you will do nothing. Because that's why we have what? We use this. It depends on your status. So the first lesson we need to take from أَوْفُوا بِعَهْدِ أُوفِي بِعَهْدِكُمْ وَإِيَّايَا فَرْهَبُونَ Relation between us and Allah is a covenant. Ahd. Ahd means he promised us that we will turn back to the house of our father, i.e. Adam, to the Jannah. In case of we obeyed him. Very clear. Don't waste your time with your wishful thinking and Allah will forgive and I believe that Allah loves me. Yes, Allah loves you, but he commanded you as well. Please don't forget this. And the concept of rahbah the prestige, the respect should be planted. Allah is not like us. We don't have freedom when dealing with Allah. Between us, yes. 
you can be liberal and be free in whatever you want with human beings, but not with Allah. Actually, we don't have freedom with Allah. Allah did not ask our permission to create us. Allah did not ask our permission to decide who we are in terms of males and females, our colors, our sex, and the time that we are born. So we are not free. We are, not free. We are part of his decision. Yet, he decided to impose on himself that in case of you do, by the way, in theory, in theory, if Allah decided, God forbid, if Allah decided to punish all of us without any reason, can he do it? Look, I mean, if Allah decided to put all of us in the hellfire, can anyone stop him? He will not do it, but I'm saying no one can stop him. Just to tell you, he is powerful to a degree. He can do whatever he wants. Yet, he decided to impose on himself. I have decided to make injustice prohibited on myself by myself. So don't ever do injustice for anyone. But in theory, if he decided to do injustice, no one can stop him. He is the Al-Qawi. Yet, he will not. He promised us. So actually, actually, we don't have anything to say, Billah. Allah, look, you have, no, 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 we can't say anything. He decided to give us the bounty of knowing him, Alhamdulillah. He gave us the brain, he gave us the feelings, he gave us everything, then he promised us, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> so please know your place. <laughs> the message of all of this, know your place. Hey, human being, know your place. Don't be arrogant with Allah. Take a lesson from Mr. Who? Iblis. Mr. Iblis. You know Mr. Iblis? What was? You know, Adam and Iblis. Do you remember the story? Adam and Iblis. Both of them, they received commandments. Adam, yes, he sinned immediately. Allah forgive me. I'm sorry. The attitude. Problem is finished. خلاص? Finished. Iblis. He refused. To the day of judgment, eternity will be in the hellfire. So it's a matter of reject, accept, respect. <laughs> okay? This is the first lesson from After knowing the relation between Musa and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Second lesson. Now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَآمِنُوا بِمَا أَنزَلْتُ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا مَعَكُمْ وَلَا تَكُونُوا أَوَّلَ كَافِرٍ بِهِ وَلَا تَشْتَرُوا بِآيَاتِي ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا وَإِيَّايَ فَاتَّقُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm concerned now as I told you, by what? By us. We Muslims, forget the people of Israel now. Even though Allah is addressing them, but the most important now is for us, <laughs> basically, okay, <laughs> what kind of benefit you have to receive from this message. Now believe. Believe, but they believe. What's the meaning of Aminu now here? Fulfill, okay? Practice accordingly. You know. We need to know that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is commanding me to believe, 
It's not just I'm a disbeliever theoretically. I know the information. I'm waiting and I understand. In theory, literally, uh, Iblis could be a believer. If you ask, does Iblis believe in the existence of Allah? Does he believe? Definitely. <laughs> Allah was addressing him directly, directly. Ya Iblis, Directly. So, so literally, can we say Iblis is a believer? Yeah, but as a terminology, Iblis what? Kafir. Even though he believes in the existence of Allah. Our point when we say a believer is not the one who knows and he is sure and he believes in theory. No, no, no. It's the one who is practicing out of respect accordingly and submitting himself to the will of his Lord. This is the one who has fulfilled the commandment. He is the believer in our terminology. So be careful because literally anyone who believes in anything is a believer. That's why the dangerous sometimes, especially when we speak, I mean, with people who try to, you know, they change the concepts. Anyone, I don't care with anyone who believes in what. Let everyone believe in what. He is a believer. No, for me, a believer is a terminology. Because if you believe in that tree, and by the way, have you heard about Shintoism? Shintoism. Do you know this is the dominant religion of which country? Japan. Japan, yes. Who said Japan? Yes, that's true. Shintoism is the common religion. I mean, Japanese people, generally speaking, most of them, when they are born, they will be Shinto. Then part of them, when they became adults, part of them, they became Buddhist or atheist. <laughs> Shinto, Shinto, Shintoism is a very, very old religion. And by the way, I visited Japan and went to Tokyo and went to the biggest temple of Shintoism. You can't imagine their rituals, how close it is from Islam. They have 90% of ritual performance of the wudu. And they don't have statues in their worship places. It's amazing. So you can feel that it could be one of the, <laughs> you know, old origins of the 124,000 prophets. <laughs> Anyway, nowadays, when I ask the people around there, when I watched the temple and so and spoke with the people, what I understood about Shintoism, that they have unlimited, what? Number of gods. Three, four, seven, ten thousands. Amazing. I said, seriously? He said, yes. Now, what's the concept there? The concept that you decide who your god is. If you decided, for example, the, for example, the Mount of uh, Hiroshima is your God, it will be your God. This tree is my God, it will be my God. And that's why, if you, if you, if you notice, each year they have a, a new symbol of the new God of the year. Anyway, now, for us, this is not a believer. Even though he believes in the mounts, he believes in unlimited, and by the way, when I was next to the temple, I saw uh, this kind of uh, 
اللي بكتب امنيته وبحطها مشان الاله يحقق يحققها له شو بسموها you know when you write your wish part of their religion outside the the, 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 the temple they have a place they believe that you write your wish in a simple thing and you hang it they believe gods they come at night and they look to your wish and they fulfill your you know wish they have a special name anyway i forgot the name now now for us they believe in gods in our terminology this is not a believer even though literally it is so for us when we say now when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks with a group of people who were believers and we are believers and they say aminu which means practice change your attitude let your practical application be in accordance with what you know in theory or otherwise don't claim that you are a believer so it's not a faith it's not just theoretical faith and i always has to come to the people of the white-hearted people ashab al-qalb al-abiyad because we have a big problem among arab muslims with this because of the influence of secularism liberalism they say okay it's okay that i don't pray it's okay that i commit zina it's okay that i drink alcohol it's okay that i i i i i but i don't lie and i have a white heart and allah knows you know the pick and choose Allah subhanahu Look what happened to them. Be careful. Don't pick and choose. In religion, there is no pick and choose. And one of the always that we discuss with especially the sisters who say, for example, I love Allah and I know that Allah does exist. And she, he, she, she's, she's practicing the salah and many good things, but she refuses the hijab. She says, I'm not convinced. We said, look, I mean, the God who commanded you not to lie is the same God who commanded you to wear the hijab. <laughs> the God who commanded you to pray five times is the same God who commanded you not to commit zina. He is the same God. On what base you decided to stop doing the zina or to lie and to pray, may Allah accept from you, and you decided to exclude completely the hijab. On what base? You give me the base. Same God commanded these four. You decide to take this and to leave that. So there is a very serious problem. This, the one who decided to make his life in this attitude could be so close to the concept of How have you not seen the one who decided to take his desire as his God? Okay? Now, inshallah, I will finish with this one because we have many messages. وآمنوا بالله ولا تشتروا به ثمنا قليلا واستعينوا بالصبر والصلاة. You know we have a lot a lot of Allah is addressing them with a lot of advices. We want to see how it is applied in our life as Muslims as long we are because we are asked to keep reading the Quran on daily basis. And by the way, we are reading from chapter Al-Baqarah. And you know, if you remember at the very beginning of the lessons. Surah Al-Baqarah in specific has a very high special status in Islam. Al-Baqarah and Al-Umran. It's called Az-Zahra 1. قَالَ أَكْثِرُوا مِنْ قِرَاءَةِ الزَّهْرَى وَيْنِ فَإِنَّهُمَا 
تأتيان يوم القيامة كالغيايتين أو كالغمامتين يوم القيامة تحاجان عن صاحبهما The meaning for example and, 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 and I will translate now and another hadith قال سورة البقرة من يقرأ سورة البقرة in his day قال لا يدخل هذا البيت شيطان I mean سورة البقرة has an amazing power the one who keeps reading Surah Al-Baqarah, بإذن مولى عز وجل, will not, I mean, shaitan will not be able to get in his house to do this kind of, you know, you know, bad feelings, whispering, this kind of hatred, this kind of conflict inside the family. Uh, but alhamdulillah, exactly the opposite. This kind of tranquility, okay? Peace, comfort among the family. Now the first one, قال, أكثر من قراءة الزهروين. Now, the one who keeps reading Al-Umran and Al-Baqarah, both of them will be visualized like bodyguards. They will be defending you like your attorney, your lawyer in the day of judgment will be defending you before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <laughs> so it's amazing. We don't know the how, okay? But Allah, Prophet Muhammad is promising us. So, so we are asked to read on this on daily basis. So why? أوفوا بعهدي أوفي بعهدكم ولا تشتروا بآياتي ثمنا قليلا وإياي فارهبون آمنوا بما أنزلتم مصدق ولا تكونوا أول كاف ولا تشتروا بآياتي ثمنا قليلا وإياي فاتقون طيب let me finish with this ولا تكونوا أول كافر به don't be the first rejecters the first Kafir, don't be, kafir. don't be the first one who rejects this. Is it possible a believer will be the first one who rejects the commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Is it possible? I mean, the, I mean by the believer, the one who was born as a believer, okay? In theory. We can witness this. I mean, now generally speaking, in theory, I mean, we can't judge that this or that person is an unbeliever. As, as long as he was born in a, a family of faith, like many Arabs and Muslims, they are born Muslims. So a Muslim by default is considered a believer. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَلَا تَكُونُوا أَوَّلَ Don't be the first one who rejects. Do we witness now tens of thousands of born Muslims who are rejecting the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and attacking the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Do we witness this or not now? Yes? Especially, especially now, uh, after what, what is so-called the Arab Spring. From political point of view, from media point of view, how many hundreds and thousands of supposed born Muslims, they are attacking Islamic legislations, making fun of Islam, Ad Quran, how many? We have a lot. So Allah is warning. Because this happened with the people of Israel in their history, huge history, by the way. People of Israel, their, I mean, the age of their religion now is 3,400 years. We are just 1,400. So long has to be, Allah is warning us, okay? قال, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَلَا تَكُونُوا أَوَّلَ Don't be, but is it possible? Yes, it's possible. For many reasons. Sometimes you feel, don't we witness now in some of Arab rich countries, they are became the first in the competition and the race of attacking Allah's commandments? Don't we witness now? Yes, people of power, 
people of money, people of oil. Some of them, they are using the money to declare war against Allah, literally. Even Allah, though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they are supposed to be believers. Why are they doing this? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, don't be the first one who rejects, be careful. Because, is it possible? Yes, it's possible. So be careful, don't be arrogant. Don't think that the fact that you were born as a Muslim, khalas. no, 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 no. Yeah, like one of the beautiful, and let me finish by this, inshallah, five minutes. One of the interesting and sad examples that the people they make on the internet. I forget his name, Dakirni Amabu Kada Al Qasimi Al Rtad, Al Sarmulhid. Mumushkila Fiakta Manwahad. Al Katibu Riwa'i Saudi Ili Alhad. Abdullah Al Qasimi? I'm afraid just to, 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 to misquote his name. Anyone? There is a very famous writer and very big influential Saudi born Muslim believer. He became an atheist. His surname is Al-Qasimi or Al-Qasimi. You know, he's from the same place where Muhammad Abdul Wahab came. <laughs> he became a very famous atheist. I'm not saying secular liberal atheist. Rejected Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So some people, they brought the image of this Qusaymi who became an atheist and compared that with, do you know who? Yusuf is this. Who lived maybe 50 or 60, I don't know. He's, I think, 80 something now. Or he's approaching 80. He became a Muslim, I think, maybe 20 years ago. So he was maybe 60. He was a Catholic priest. <laughs> Yusuf Estes from Texas. He lived as a non-Muslim for about 50, 60 years. Now, if I'm not exaggerating, he is the most well-known da'ya for Islam in the United States. Abdullah Al-Qusaymi, he was born in Saudi Arabia, or Al-Qusaymi, I forget his first name, okay? He was witnessing the Haram, the Mecca, the Medina, he's an Arab, he was born in the place of faith and da'wah, he became an atheist. <laughs> so they brought the image of Al-Qusaymi with Yusuf Estes. And many people, they come and say, subhanallah, we, you don't know what is your akhirah. You don't know. Because MashaAllah, Niyalo, he was born in Mecca. No. <laughs> Some people, Wallahi uqsim billah. I had a friend from Mecca when I was doing my PhD in the UK. To the best of my memory, he told me that I know people, they were born in Mecca. By Allah, they did not, came not even once to the Haram to pray one rak'ah in their lives. They live in Mecca. So I'm, 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 I don't know their percentage, maybe they are 1,000%. But I mean the fact that, oh, he's in Mecca, no, he does not want. Maybe he's drinking alcohol, he does not care with Islam. So, and you find people, some poor Indian Muslims, and historically, the poor Turkish Muslims, at the time of secularism, they used to save money for 30 years to go to Hajj. 30 years, wallahi. Because, you know, the currency was so, so, so cheap. Muslims of India and Turkey, 30 and 50 years ago, 30 years, uh, you know, the money just to go. And they, their biggest wish is what? Do you know what? To die in Mecca or in Medina. Ya Allah, take my soul in Mecca. Ya Allah. I mean, this person, be careful with the camera, Habibi. Ah, ah. Ah, ah. Fa, subhanallah.
فالله سبحانه وتعالى قال ولا تشتروا بآياتي ثمنا قليلا وإياي فر is it possible that a one who was born as a believer supposed to be a believer will replace the ayat of Allah with a cheap price which means it's a metaphor of what to reject the khair to reject the deen to reject the faith completely throw it under his feet and replace it with one else so the message for us be careful yes we have we have examples that person he was born you know he, the closest thing to him it was Mecca and Medina the closest thing to him was Islam the closest thing to him was monotheism and Tawheed yet he decided to become an atheist what can I do for him he rejected Allah completely someone like Yusuf Estef and others they say Ya Allah we want you so from one angle the hope is there from another angle don't be arrogant be careful <laughs> the fact that you are born a Muslim there is no guarantee to leave this dunya as a Muslim because the fact that you were born as a Muslim is a gift from Allah it's a bounty hiba Allah gave you a bounty simply okay take care of the gift <laughs> handle it with care <laughs> be careful don't just throw it when we have subhanallah sometimes you have a very very valuable mobile 1000 plus dollars we, we, uh, we, we, give, uh, we bring the cover, we take care all the time, we put it, we, we don't throw it you know, in any place. We take care not to let the water touches it or the heat or any, and all the time. Where's my wife? 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 All the time. Because it's very valuable. It's $1,500, for example. Okay? So I can't afford having something else. So it's very valuable for me. This is how you should be taking care of what? Your heart, your faith your Iman and your Islam. Your Iman, your Iman, theoretically, without Islam is a waste of time. Because <laughs> Allah says, hey, Aminu. It's not just we believe in theory, because Iblis is a woman in this sense. So be careful. The concept of Tawheed, which means, have I'm not caring about that, to obey me. When he says, that's why Allah started Fulfill the covenants. I created you. I promised you. I gave you. Do your job so that you will receive the reward and I will do mine. Okay? From this base, it's not my decision. Allah started. Ya Bani Israel. And by the way, next time I will tell you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala look it's, it's very interesting to, to keep thinking about it okay covenant don't replace it don't mix okay truth with falsehood then he started so he started about fulfilling the covenant and don't lie don't change don't 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 then come and pray Next time we'll say, but how come? The prayer is the most important. Prayer is just a tool now. Prayer is just an instrument to be connected with Allah. What comes before that, your attitude. Before coming to the masjid now, before coming, which is a tool, as I told you, it's not a goal itself. Be careful. That's why, which means it's a tool. It's a training. It's a continuous compulsory training tool to keep you in the system <laughs> it's a, by the way in my language it's a management tool <laughs> could be changed 
by Allah at any time for any nation. So this is not the point. The point is the attitude, the respect, and the prestige. So are you coming here because he commanded you or you are here because simply you have a plenty of time and you don't want simply to stay alone. You want to see your friends in the masjid. Seriously, some people they came with this intention. With this intention, which means Allah, they don't care with the fact that it's a commandment from Allah. No, here comes the importance of the intention and the attitude. We keep reminding about this because this will, what will save you. Jazakumullah khair. See you next time, inshallah, unless if you have a question. Yes, brother Abu Omar. To remind you about? I, 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 I said it. Yes, I said it, inshallah. Any, any question about what I said? Brothers, sisters? Yes, brother. Can you speak loudly? Sorry, Deuteronomy, yes. Yes, uh, and the tafsir. <laughs> the tafsir, he said, so they, they, they claim this to be Jesus? Yes. Now, now Christian missionaries generally, they say, uh, I mean, they, they say he was talking about Jesus. When we argue with them, according to your text, the word you is not applicable on Jesus. If you want to do it literally. Simply, by the way, very simple. I will raise up, for, uh, you, by the way, you have two indications. Their brothers plus you. So who are the brothers of the people of Israel? This is a very strong indication. Plus, like you, it's, not apl it's applicable. Yes, I, I know there's some common things between uh, Moses and Jesus. But the common things which is applicable on the similarity between Moses and Muhammad is much, much, much more than Isa and Musa alayhim as salam. So you can see it, you say he's like Moses, and then so so you you're uh, affirming Ah, so, so, sorry, sorry. Okay, you mean I will raise up a prophet? Yeah, I mean, they're saying this is a prophet. Brother, prophet. tens of verses uh, about Jesus in the Bible, in the, in the New Testament, is mentioned by the word human. Tens. But they do wheel for it. They refuse. But it, which is a huge, big, you know, uh, academic problem. Because you have tens of places. For example, when he was, for example, in the, uh, when he was called, hey, master, he said, don't call me master. I'm not, God is the master. I'm just a simple servant. You have tens, 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 tens of other places. Not just one or two or three or four. But, you know, sometimes when someone believes in something and refuses to listen to this, this is an, an academic textual studies. Uh, even though we have to, to, to know. We don't believe that this scripture is the authentic one. However, some of the remainings could be from. 
So we are arguing depending on what they believe in. I mean, we don't take any kind of authentication for us from this. But in the comparative religions, it's, you know, and the science by itself, when they say, look, you say plus, 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 for example, when we sit with scholars from Christianity, they come and argue with us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, You say, your book, your book is saying that Jesus is a spirit from God. So yes, spirit was created by God. We are all spirits from God. <laughs> I have a spirit, by the way. My spirit and Jesus' spirit, both of them, they have the same secret. They are created by God in a way that we don't know how. <laughs> now, okay, what, what, why Allah has attributed to him to give a prestige? Like, Allah. When we attribute the house, we say the house is of Allah. Okay? Ruhullah, Baytullah, Ahlullah. This is called Idafat Tashrif. This is to attribute something to honor this stuff, etc. I mean, linguistically, it's completely easy. Logically, it's easy. Let's just say, look, the only one whom Allah saw that the spirit is just Jesus, which is an indication. I said, okay, if you want to argue with me from my book, come and expand the research. <laughs> the example of Jesus according to Allah is exactly like the example of Adam. He created him from mud, from dust. Then he said to him, be and he was. That's it. So if you want to expand, I can bring you something. Don't just take this. And I have an answer as an Arab. As an expert, Ruhullah, uh, it's called an attribution of honor. That's it. Khalas. Story is finished. We have answers. But the problem that, I mean, who listens? Yes, I mean, it's a very interesting knowledge, by the way, comparative religions. But go and read the book if you don't mind. You can find it, by the way, free on the internet. The uh, David Benjamin Kildani one. Anyway, any other question? Zakallah, finished? Zakallah khair. Any question? Taib. See you next time. Zakallah khair. At seven, uh, after the Isha. Assalamu alaikum.